Welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. Hope everyone is having an amazing day. We are in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Read down the Amplified version. But I just wanted to share real quick. Uh, so... When I'm really thinking I'm what's gonna happen, I'm still wrestling. I'm gonna have a, like a little business meeting with my kids <laughs> this weekend. They can probably help direct me. But um, I, after Chew the Bible is done, I'm complete. Chew the Bible is something I'll continue to just keep going, like on and on, till God sends me to the upper room. And says, "All right, it's time to tap me on the shoulder. All right, it's time for you to go home." Um, and it's gonna it's it's a good you know outlet for me a good place for me to just share things going on in my life, and also um, kind of like an open diary, and then also encourage yeah, and it it, it it inspires me to keep reading the Bible. It kind of keeps holds me accountable because I know there's people actually listening to this regularly and they get something from it. At least I hope they're getting something from it. So anyway, I'm gonna continue to just read through the Bible and start all over again once I'm done. With it, with reading this, and um, I'm gonna try to make it chew the Bible just like a daily thing, like it will be one episode a day, um, and it'll continue to be like sometimes it'll be no more than an hour, uh, but uh, I'm, I have this idea for doing a spinoff into something called Bible Bites, and I haven't fully decided what it's gonna look like. I think I told you all last like a couple episodes ago. It might be poetic reflections on different scriptures or I'm actually thinking about it will be like little like little like I want it to kind of be kind of unscripted <laughs> um, and uh, I'm going to put it on to where you can I can it would be the same thing that you would do like if you're listening to like music or a spoken word on iTunes or YouTube Music or Amazon Music, uh, probably 30 seconds to five minute long clips of reflections on scripture, or but I'm gonna call you a Bible Bites, or it'll be like, yeah, it'll be like reflection on scripture, poems, poetic reflections on scripture. Uh, sometimes it will just be straight up uh, I'll call it like Bible Bite Beats, Triple B. And it'll just be like instrumentals that you can listen to. Um, or beats that I use that I'll have playing like in the back of the podcast. Like while I have the podcast going, I'll have like my own beats going. Uh, it will be, sometimes it'll just be like soaking music, like music that just like instrumentals that I make up that are something you can listen to while you pray or while you meditate on the word of God. So just stay tuned on that. Um, I'm just excited, y'all. I'm excited for what God is doing in my heart and in my mind and in my spirit and the restoration that's taking place. Um, and looking forward to what, not only what he's done, what he's going to do. So, all right, y'all, we are in. Yeah, I'm thankful for what he's done. I'm looking forward to what God is going to do. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 
Read on the amplified version it is 6.13 in the afternoon. I'm getting ready to go grocery shopping here shortly. I think I'm going to clean the bathroom first and then go grocery shopping, which means I need to go ahead and throw some beet bleach in the tub. I'll do that after this recording. Going to knock out the hard stuff. All right, imitate me. Christian order, that's the heading for this. Imitate me just as I imitate Christ. I praise and appreciate you because you remember me and everything and you firmly hold to the traditions, the substance of my instructions, just as I have passed them on to you. But I want you to understand that Christ is the head authority over every man and man is the head of woman and God is the head of Christ. Every man who prays or prophesies with something on his head dishonors his head and the one who is his head he's talking about like like a hat on the references to men or women in prophesying here indicate that paul has church meetings in mind where the speaker is leading the congregation in prayer and addressing them all right verse five and every woman who prays or prophesies when she has her head uncovered disgraces her head for she is one and the same as the woman whose head is shaved in disgrace. Is where you get the ladies with the church hats. Y'all can go read all the commentary on that. I'm sure you're going to see a lot of interesting stuff. All right. I'm not going to go into all that. I'm sorry. That's a little bit too, yeah, too much for me. Uh, too much Bible calculus. And honestly, I feel like this is one of the biggest areas where churches. That's why we have so many different types of uh, denominations, because they couldn't agree on little stuff like this and interpreted the scripture differently. How it should be carried out. Verse six, if a woman, yeah, you'll walk into some churches like, where's your covering, baby? <laughs> All right. Uh, if a woman does not cover her head, she should have her hair cut off. And if is and if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, she should cover her head. Verse 7, a man ought not have his head covered during worship since he is the image and reflected glory of God. So this is where people say you shouldn't wear a hat in church or a shoe or hat in building in general, but especially in church. <sighs> but the woman is the expression of man's glory for a man does not originate from woman, but woman from man. For indeed, man was not created for the sake of woman, but woman for the sake of man. Therefore, the woman ought to have a sign of authority on her head for the sake of the angels. So as not to offend them. Nevertheless, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as the woman originates from the man, so also man is born through the woman. In all things, in all things, whether male or female originate from God as their creator, judge for yourselves, is it proper for a woman to offer prayer to God publicly with her head uncovered? Does not common sense, does not common sense itself teach you that, does not common sense itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her ornament and glory for her long hair is given to her as a covering. <clears throat> Not if anyone is inclined to be contentious about this. We have no other practice in worship than this, <clears throat> nor do the churches of God in general. But in giving this next instruction, I do not praise you because when you meet together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. 
For in the first place, when you meet together in church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it, for doubtless there have to be factions among you, so that those who are of, of approved character may be clearly recognized among you. Wow. Those of approved character. Lord, help us to be those of approved character. Verse 20. So when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For when you eat, each one hurries to get his own supper first, not waiting for others or the poor. So no, so one goes hungry while another gets drunk. What? What? <laughs> Do you not have with the with an exclamation point? Do you not have houses in which to eat and drink? Or do you show contempt for the church of God and humiliate those impoverished believers who have nothing? What will I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? Is In this, I will not praise you. So there's a lot going on during Paul's day with church. And he wasn't a fan of how people get down. Get to church service. Um, so... Uh, Yeah, um, I was going to tell y'all. Mm, what was I saying? Oh. It's interesting to talk about eating at church. Like, don't you have homes to eat at? It's interesting. I don't know what he's talking about there. I'm gonna have to, I'll have to go read some commentary later. But uh, they used to eat in my grandma's church. They still do, I believe. They have a they'll have church in the morning, and then about halfway on lunchtime they'll have like a meal downstairs in the church basement, and then they'll go back and have church again. Until sundown. All right. Ver, uh, the Lord's Supper. Verse 23. For I received from the Lord himself that instruction which I passed on to you. That the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is the, represents my body, which is offered as a sacrifice for you. Do this in affectionate remembrance of me. That's the line. That's what's inscribed on a lot of uh, uh, communion tables. Verse 25, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant ratified and established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in affectionate remembrance of me. For every time you eat this, um, I have this random memory. of I used to work at this place called Printology, and it was just like a little small company, like less than 10 people. But back in like the warehouse area, um there had we had like a table and it said do in remembrance of me i don't know where the owner got the table from <laughs> but it was like a little communion table we use for work all right verse 26 for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup you are symbolically proclaiming the fact of the lord's death until he comes again verse 27 so when whoever so then so then whoever eats the bread of, of so so then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy of him will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and blood of the Lord, something you don't want to do. But a person must prayerfully examine himself and his relationship to Christ, and only when he has done so 
Should he eat of the bread and drink of the cup? That's something they tell you to do before you take communion. Always examine your heart. Confess any unknown sin. Just make sure you're right for, for God because there's pe apparently people who've taken communion and gotten sick and some have even died. Like, especially if they blasphemy. Um, the whole act of communion. Yeah, the whole ceremony. Or the whole, yeah. They try to make fun of it. Or, yeah, you don't want to do that either. Mockery of it. They make a mockery of it. There you go. Verse 29. For anyone who eats and drinks without solemn reverence and heartfelt gratitude for the sacrifice of Christ, eats and drinks a judgment on himself if he does not recognize the body of Christ. Verse 30. So you better off this year. If you go to a church and you're not a Christian, you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, and you're just there visiting, and I highly recommend is not a year. Until you give your life to Jesus Christ, and you know the the significance of what you're doing, yeah, you better off just passing that communion plate, the uh, little cracker, even though you might be hungry. Don't yeah, pass up on that little cracker and that uh and that juice. It ain't worth it. That careless and unworthy participation is that careless and unworthy participation is the reason why many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep in death. Verse 31, but if we evaluate it and judge, but if we evaluate it and judge ourselves honestly, recognizing our shortcomings and correcting our behavior. See, Ricky you got to recognize your shortcomings and also correct your behavior. We would not be judged. But when we fall short and are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined by undergoing his correction so that we will not be condemned to eternal punishment along with the world. Ouch. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat the Lord's Supper, wait for one another and see to it that no one is left out. If anyone is too hungry to wait, let him eat at home so that you will not come together for judgment on yourselves. About the remaining matters of which I was informed, I will take care of them when I come. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, Paul was about to come. He was ready to regulate, man. It was some, it was some wild stuff going on. Paul's like, hey, the rest of the day, I, he's like, hey, kind of like your mom. He's like, hey, some stuff like, I remember some of them phone calls when mom, when you got in trouble, mom found out you were doing something you weren't supposed to be doing. She'd be like, all right, um, I need you to do this, this, and this. I need you to wash this, you know, wash some dishes. I need you to peel these potatoes. The, the house better be clean when I get home. And as far as what you did at school, your father would take care of that when you, oh man, there was nothing, there's nothing like when your mom says your father will take care of that when you, when, when he gets home, Ooh your father would deal with you. That's when you knew you were in trouble. Oh man. But it was a beautiful thing when, when your father would actually show you grace and you wouldn't get a spanking, you just get a lecture. Like sometimes, like, like man, just yeah. I don't know. Sometimes, I in theory, I would be like, yeah, I'd rather have a lecture than a spanking. But in reality, I actually prefer the yeah the the, the, the lectures over the spankings. I'll take a one hour lecture from my pops, one extra one hour learn sermon. Sometimes that he would give, yeah, I'll take that over some of those spankings. Yeah, cause them things hurt. So, anyway, uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this word.
thank you for um, the Lord's Supper that we can do in remembrance of you, remembering all what you did on the cross, dying on the cross for our, in our place. Uh, help us to never take it lightly. Um, help, her, help us to never just take our Christian life in general lightly. What you did on the cross, Lord. Um, help us to, even when we are tempted to do things we shouldn't do and, and just addictions or fill in the blank sin, Lord. Just being the human experience, Lord, is not easy. You already know. So I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, empower us to walk in your ways, to um, obey you, Lord, and to, uh, when we're convicted of something, Lord, to to completely surrender it over to you. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray, amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.